where visionaries, entrepreneurs, and artists dream, transform, and create. Ray TV. You are listening to Miracle Moment, and I am your host, Ray Ireland. This is where trailblazing, truth-telling, provocative, and successful entrepreneurs and creatives from around the globe share their number one miracle moment that changed everything, pointing them in the direction of igniting epic soul alignment in their life and business. These renegade souls will show you the behind the scenes, real life magic on how to create a world-class lifestyle of true success. I am so glad you're tuning in. Hello, everyone. Here we are for another episode of Miracle Moment. And today I'm so excited because we have a guest, Jennifer Tosner here. And she's currently at her home in Colorado, but she also has another place in Isla Mujeres in Mexico. This woman is doing really cool stuff. She's just a total visionary leader and you know, business thought leader. She's lived on native reservations around America and she's studied spirituality, cosmology and business nonprofits. Um, It's really fascinating. And I'm excited to just share more of your story with our audience and dive into the miracles that have shown up in your life and any, you know, lessons that you're ready to share with us. They're all welcome. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you so much. It feels so good to be here today to connect to all your miracle magical souls. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So yeah, let's, let's start off with like, tell us about your story, your journey to getting to this place that feels very aligned and true to your soul. Like what was that journey like? And um, you can also share, you know, if there's something right now that you're really excited about or creating, and then we'll dive in from there. Oh my goodness. And thank you for holding this space. I think that it's so special to be able to talk about like before and after this spiritual awakening journey and just to normalize like all the rocky roads that many of us have had to travel to just to get to the places that we are now. And I mean, I feel like I have a really dramatic story. And sometimes I hear people who are like, oh, my story is not as dramatic or whatever, but I really feel like it's what our souls signed up for in a lifetime. And some of us are just here to move a lot of energy. And I also want to hold space for the conversation around trauma and clearing a massive amounts of energy when we dive into the deep end of that swimming pool. And so my spiritual awakening journey began so long ago. It was almost 20 years ago now that I look back on it. But um, when I was 23, I moved to the Bering Sea. So many of my friends were um, joining the Peace Corps and traveling the world and backpacking Europe. And I had come from a family where it just wasn't possible for me to travel freely, but it was such a dream of mine. And so I sort of hitched my caboose to other people's dreams. In in the beginning, I think that's what we have to do. Like this person's going for it. I'm going to go that direction. And all I knew is that I was a teacher and um, I wanted to travel. And so I ended up moving to the Bering Sea and living in this Yupik Eskimo village, like literally on the coast of the Bering Sea for two years. And for me, it was sort of like my own self-created Peace Corps experience. I wanted to get out of America. I wanted to be immersed in another culture, another language to see how different peoples in the world lived. And unfortunately, 
um, or fortunately, depending on how we want to look at it, the, the community that I landed into had just so much trauma and oppression. And I feel like the Native rights movement is still hasn't built as much traction as perhaps other marginalized peoples in the world. And I really got to see that firsthand of big oil, big industry, really bulldozing smaller tribes, you know, traditional peoples and, um, and, and the trauma that that had created. And so within the first month of living on the reservation, I was in a school shooting and it was absolutely wow. heartbreaking. And it became sort of like this, like epicenter of my life. And I think that anybody who's gone through a major turning point, whether it was, I mean, there's so many ways to have trauma that puts us from one direction, spins us on our top and sends us spiraling into a totally new direction. That was very much what that initiation was for me. And I remember one night I was laying in bed and spirit was like, you wanted to see what life was like in other parts of the world. And this is part of it. And I, I didn't want to see the part that was oppressed, marginalized people. I didn't want to see the part that was gun violence. I didn't want to see the part that was alcoholism. I didn't want to see those parts. I wanted to travel the world and have a beautiful experience of life, but somehow landed myself into that flip mm -hmm. side. And I think a lot of us who are here to be planetary grid workers, who are here to raise the consciousness on the planet, like we have to sit with these really difficult hearts, hardships and these really difficult flip sides in the process of what we're here to do. And it would just humbled me so much. And I got really sick. And I think my spiritual gifts were like knocking <laughs> they were like knocking on the door being like let us in let us in <laughs> and I was deeply resistant um I was really resistant to opening up that door I was already in so much pain and my worldview had been shook in all the ways and yet when I deepened into community and ceremonial life and indigenous teachings that's really where I started to heal and I remember um one of my mentors at the time who was living in the community with me, she said, she's like, you know, you don't have to fix anything in this community. You just have to learn from it. She said, the community has its own ways of dealing with trauma. Let's learn from them. And I, it like, whatever white savior complex, I think I had just naturally grown up with um, growing up Catholic and you know, having Jesus as like the role model of my entire existence, like it really broke that apart in me where I got to learn from traditional peoples on how to heal, get out of my white Western perception and start to just really open up to a different way. And that's when my spiritual gifts started flooding. That's when I started to be able to channel. That's when I started being able to connect with my guides. That's when I started to be able to really dive into my own self-healing journey mm -hmm. And it's been, um, it's been about 17 years of, you know, having that initiation in my life. I'm almost 40 now. And I'm finding that this journey just gets deeper and richer and more fun as more and more people come into the work, sharing their own incredible stories of how they've healed, how they woke up in the darkness and how they came out the other side. 
Yes. Yes. I love this so much. And thank you for sharing your story. That's, it's definitely, it's wild, you know, what we kind of find ourselves in, especially in those beginning stages of self-discovery and, and understanding and being like, wait, how does, how does the world work? And what's my part to play here? Yeah. What am I, what am I really meant to be doing here? And I think part of the miracle is also like in the unknown and in the miracle is in not knowing and seeing Mm -hmm. how the universe aligns us with the thing that actually is just so perfect for, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that we desire and, and the ways that we can grow and expand to be our best selves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. Mm-hmm. And then we're really all on the same journey and all on the same path. I really believe that we have each and every one of us has a different flavor, but we really have the same purpose. Mm-hmm. And when we link arms with each other and like, I honor the journey that you've walked through and you honor ju- the journey that I've walked through. Like we're really on the same, like our purpose is the same, which is just to link arms with other incredible women and men doing this work. And I mean, as Ram Dass says, walk each other home. Yes, yes, exactly. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, like in in your experience of these travels and was there ever a moment that really got defined as like, wow, this, that looking back, that was the miracle moment that really changed everything? Oh my gosh, yes. I'm so glad you asked this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because this last year, I think I la- I landed into the biggest miracle of my life. And I've had a lot of miracles because I just dance in the unknown pretty much the whole time, the whole way through. But, um, you know, a few years ago, I actually traveled to Peru with a group of, um, with a group of healers. And we um, did an ayahuasca ceremony with uh, a medicine man. And it was anybody who's done ayahuasca, anybody who's done plant medicines, like it's deeply confronting, but also hugely transformational. I felt like I fast-tracked my life by maybe lifetimes. It was beautiful. And um, in the ceremony, I had gotten all of these visions that just didn't make sense. Now I'm living in the reality that I saw then, but four years ago, I was like, okay, I know I've ha- I have this school shooting thing in my, in my backpack. I'm ready to let it go. Mm. I'm ready to like clear the trauma, not just from my emotional reality, but from my cells, from like mm. my body's remembrance yes. of all the scarcity and the pain and the hurt and holding that. I was just ready to let it go. So I went into ceremony and I talked to, to the people and they were like, I said, I, I, I've got some trauma packed in there. And they were like, well, so does everybody else. And <laughs> I remember, oh my gosh, the, the words of, um, his name's Javier. The words of Javier, he's like, what, do you think Jesus Christ didn't do his job? <laughs> you think you could do it better than he did? <laughs> wow. It was just so humbling to like go into ceremony being called out in all the ways. And to let go of whatever martyrdom thing I had been hanging on to subconsciously, consciously, maybe even, and just like really surrender and crack open to God's Mm. vision that wants to just live through me. And I saw, I saw that I was, um, 
going to leave my partner at the time. And I didn't want to see that. And then I saw that I was like flying over this island. I was flying over this island and it looked like it was maybe somewhere in the Mediterranean, like maybe Greece. And I zoomed in on this island and there was this man who looked like Jesus, but he had green eyes. Mm. And I was like, and I zoomed in and I was like, oh, maybe I meant to like become a Christian and follow up, like all these things that our ego wants to make up. Yeah. And, and anyway, I zoomed into the vision and there was like this beautiful love story that was unfolding between this Mm. man that looked like Jesus and me. And it it felt very much like a Christic relationship, like restoring the original codes of the planet of the masculine and the feminine and the organic blueprint of life and saying yes to being a wife and a mother, even though I had some judgments around those things and seeding um, heaven on earth as a lived experience. And all of these things were just streaming through me as as they do in plant ceremony, as we connect the deepest, truest parts of ourselves outside of like making it mean something or being more significant than we think we are. And so I saw this vision and I was like, no, (laughs) I'm not ready to let go. And um, in many ways, after this vision that I had, a lot of it was around like, like the restoration of heaven on earth truly. And you know, reclaiming the sexual innocence of our bodies and the the power of orgasm to connect us back into spirit, the power and ability to clear Mm -hmm. up our trauma in our womb space so that we can birth a new generation of humans who get to walk free from that traumatic imprint that is put on them as they come through the birthing canal. And that this is really how, this is really the legacy of life that we're meant to live on the planet. This is, this is what coming home to Eden looks like is when we clear the trauma in our bodies, this is, we get to live in the miracle on the other side. And it was such a beautiful vision and I did not feel any way prepared or worthy or ready for, for that vision. And it was pretty incredible that after I came home after that, my life radically dissolved my relationship ended. Um, my business kind of collapsed everything that I did to like prove my worth to the world. Just, just wasn't there anymore. And these things that I rested on being like, I'm a best-selling author. I do this. I'm a speaker. Like not to say that there's anything wrong or bad with those markers of success, but I, but pinning my worth on the work that I had to do for the world was the part that I had to let go of. And the last four years from the ceremony till now have been like a disintegration of, of everything that I was still holding on to, to prove that I was worthy, to prove that I was smart, to prove that I was good. And um, then last year, I, after 2020 rocked our world, after like a lot of people had these really rough, rude awakenings. I'm grateful that I at least, you know, had my traction and my foundation a little bit before that happened. But, you know, with, with my business, um, I had founded a publishing house and that went under with just having to cancel live events and programs and group offerings. Mm -hmm. I, I was really in this beautiful space of reinvention. And yeah, I remember walking up the hill behind my home. And I walked to the top of the hill and I just said, God, like I surrender. I am ready to receive your vision. I'm ready to feel worthy. I'm ready to let go of anything 
that doesn't fully match the woman that I came here to be. And it was such a deep, complete and full surrender. And it was on the solstice of this last year, 2021, uh, June 21, 2021. And I, um, walked down from the hill and I was planning to go to Amsterdam the next day. I lined up a pretty sweet gig for myself where I have flight benefits through the airlines. So being able to travel freely was, was a really sweet option that I got to create for myself. And so I was all set going to the Netherlands, getting my bags packed. And the day that I was supposed to leave, I went in and it didn't work out. Something about COVID, something about restrictions, something, something, something. And so I went to my um friend and i said hey i don't know where to go but i'm already packed i have free flight benefits i can go wherever i want like just tell me some place to go that's like easy and safe and beautiful and like affordable and he was like isla mujeres i said well where's that and he said it's it's this little tiny island all you have to do is fly into cancun get a taxi take the ferry over you're there it's the most amazing place i've been there 10 times I was like, wow, okay, if you've been there 10 times, let's go. So I found myself, instead of going to Amsterdam, rerouted, going to Isla Mujeres. And I don't even know how. I don't know. I do not even know how from the time that I prayed my prayer on the mountaintop behind my house the day before to the time that I ended up in Isla. But like, I kept walking through the streets feeling like, oh my God, I've been here before. Oh my, I've, I've been here before. Like, when have I been here before? And I was like, I think this might be the island I saw in my vision. Like what? And there's just this deja vu that lasted for like 24 hours. I couldn't get over this, this sense of like, just premonition of I've been here before. And that night, um, maybe it was the next day. I don't even time sometimes gets blurry, but I was walking the streets and I remember feeling like, I'm just going to follow desire. I'm just going to fall. I'm just going to walk with my desire through the streets and see where it leads. And just, I'm here. I'm so happy. Let's see what the universe has in store for me. So I'm like, just walking the streets and I'm like sampling tacos from a little taco stand. And I'm, you know, having these like drinks (laughs) and in cabanas and just enjoying myself so fully. And that night I was like walking down this, palisade that had all these beautiful lights and there was this sign and it was like all lit up it looked like Tulum vibes and I was like ah Tulum that's pretty vibey let's see what's let's see what this is all about so I walk into this little Tulum beach club and I sat down on the little rope swings and every single person that I met I felt like I knew them Wow. Like this person just hang out and like, just sit on this rope swing next to me. And they were like, hi, you. And I was like, oh, hi. Like, hi. <laughs> and, and just everybody I met was that way. Like the bartender, the people like on the other customers, it just felt, it was just like, wow. I'm here with like people that I know, but I've only just met them. And then towards the end of the night, this man walks in and I swear on everything that I deem holy. He was the man from the vision. He looked like Jesus, but he has green eyes. And I was like, oh, I almost fell off my rope swing. It was the most (laughs) stunning 
just moments of perhaps my life. And he came over and he was like so sweet and so smart and so kind and just so like everything that I, you know, didn't even know that I wanted. And, and so I'm still living in the unfolding of that dream. And uh, just to meet this person who turns out to be like this twin flame lover, just because I decided to take one small direction, instead of flying to Amsterdam, I ended up on Isla Mujeres and met the man that I met in my vision four years ago. Like, I have no words. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm just feeling all this energy and like the, the, it was just one decision. One little switch that Uh instead of going left, you went right and it Uh unfolded all of your visions that you had been, that you have received. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so amazing. Yes. And just one moment, one tiny moment of despair on the solstice Mm -hmm. of being like, where is my life not working? And then surrendering into that and being Mm -hmm. available for the pivot that just like, boom, placed me into this life that I never even knew that I wanted. And I feel like you also like asked for it too. You were like, yeah, universe, God, show me I am here for you. Where do I need to go? Where do I need to be? And I feel like that, that element seems to be a reoccurring theme that I see in these conversations is, is that ability to humble the ego and say, maybe I don't know what's best. Can Mm. you, can you show me, can you show me some signs? Can you show me some synchronicities? Yeah. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. And and how it just feels like we get to like ride on this magical carpet ride of mm-hmm. life when we say yes to that. Yeah. 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 Magical carpet ride of life. I love that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And oh so, my gosh. And so like now where you're at, how is that showing up in your day-to-day life? Like that experience mm-hmm. of being in that deja vu and seeing all of these pieces unravel and like, what, what does that look like for you now in the day-to-day? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, once I had, like, really found my footing on the island, I knew that I had to move there. And so I went back last year for three months, and I lived there in a really awesome nomadic community. And I got to really experience the island life, the duality of the island life, rebuilding mm. my business from that place. And um, really started stepping into the shoes of the woman that I saw in the vision, not just like who I thought I needed to be, but just like the surrendering and the letting Mm. go. And so I'm still very much in that process. I, um, you know, I've been straddling the life in America here in in Durango and the life on the island because I really believe that we get to have both. Like we, I don't think we have to choose between our lives in our communities or our families where we're planted originally and where we're led spiritually. I think that we, we really get to transcend that duality. And that's when we get to build a bridge truly between like maybe our hometown and wherever we're called to next. And so um, it felt like a bigger challenge for me to step into how do I actually hold both and create homes in both and, Mm. you know, have the, grounding and the foundation of being in the mountains of Colorado, which is on the ley lines. And there's so much epic goodness here 
And how do I also embrace living on a tiny island in the Caribbean Sea and build community there? And I think some of us are called to have both. Mm -hmm. Some of us are called to build bridges between first world, second world, third world communities and to really um, create new board, like to almost dissolve the borders and to start to build soul family wherever we're called. Mm-hmm. Totally. And this kind of brings me to a question that may might circle back to some of your original story, which is mm-hmm. in you being someone that experiences a bunch of different worlds and societies. Mm-hmm. And I can really relate mm-hmm. to that as a traveler and you really get to see how other people are living. What yeah. do you see how, or what are some themes that you notice around how people relate to miracles in their life? And is there any like socioeconomic um, patterns that you see around how people relate to the experience of miracles? Mm. Oh, that is a really good question. Um, I, I feel most of my experiences living in community and different cultures has been with like indigenous peoples, So native peoples and there's, there's a quality of native peoples and native community that's very connected to the land and to the earth and to the rhythms and cycles of the earth that modern humans don't have. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is, this is where we can really talk about cosmology. I grew up in the Christian cosmology. So my brain was just naturally scripted around the storytelling style, the metaphors of, you know, Catholicism and Christianity. And then I moved to, uh, you know, the Bering Sea and it was a totally different worldview because the people, even though there was like Christian missionaries and stuff, they still retained a lot of their original stories and a lot of their original mythologies. And so when there's been so much colonization, there's been gaslighting of those original relationships with story and with language and with the earth. And that's a huge loss. It's a huge loss for all of us. And, um, I really learned to open up my mind to accept other metaphors, other relationships with God, mother nature, the earth into my brain through direct experience, through ceremony, through plant medicines. And it's totally given me the opportunity to write my own rules, to choose my Mm. own cosmology instead of just the one that was handed to me. So I think that there are people from, and I think socioeconomically, I think it matters in the spaces of do people have the opportunity to really travel and go out and find who they are and what their personal cosmology is. Mm. I think that is, it's just such a huge disservice to the earth that there's so much disparity. And then there are these communities that are really anchor points, you know, Mm. they're like Mayan ceremonialists who are anchoring in their cosmology for humanity. There are Yupik ceremonialists who are anchoring in their cosmology for humanity. There's Nuata, Hidatsa, Rikura ceremonialists that are just like anchoring in their beliefs so that they can hold these beliefs even through all the tides that colonialism has washed them through. So um, it definitely, I, I don't think that there is a prerequisite to be born into a certain group of people in order to have an experience of the divine. But I do think that with all of the oppression and violence and poverty, and that has been introduced to this planet, 
it's really pulled people out of their own original gnosis and pulled them into timelines that maybe they would have never chosen. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. What would you say would be, you know, like if you could have it your way, like Jennifer's mm. world, like what would that, <laughs> <laughs> what would that look like in terms of moving in a direction where there maybe is, is that openness or is the shared resources to be able to experience mm -hmm. and, and learn and decide what owns, what one's beliefs are and, and yeah. how they move through the world. Yeah. Another really great question. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> um, I believe so much in education as an opportunity for self-discovery. Mm -hmm. And I was a former teacher, so I believe in education a lot. And I think that through education, if it wasn't about the programming of education and more about self-discovery, self-gnosis, like I think Rudolf Steiner has like such a beautiful mo model mm -hmm. through his Waldorf schools and even like the green school in Bali really exemplifies yeah. this of like, what would it look like if people could really be in self-discovery and self-gnosis and then teaming up with like other people who are interested, like there are people who have solutions to save the coral reefs. We just don't give them enough of a stage. And what if we built more stages for more people to explore and experience that? Like, we don't know where the next Albert Einstein is going to come from. We don't know where the next Gandhi is going to come from. And so I think a lot of our heroes are stuck in old paradigms. So how do we build bridges so that they can come over with us into this new paradigm that we're creating? And, and, and like, how do we create enough of an anchor point of safety for those people to find themselves and thrive? So there's an incredible amount of um, hope that I have for like the life coaching industry and like mystery school lineages coming back and plant medicines becoming normalized and ceremonial ways of living being reintroduced into the modern world. Cause I think that therein lies choice and then choices like what could we create next? Um, but the future that I believe in is really a just an equitable world where we all have access to self-discovery. Mm, I love that. And I think there's yeah. such a beauty in like having, in having choice, you also have, you, you create an environment of safety. Yeah. Yes, mm. totally. Yeah. And then from that safety can be the most authentic expression mm -hmm. of what is wanting to come out and be seen and be known and the truth can be revealed and mm -hmm. those pieces. Mm, yes. Wow. Oh well, thank gosh. you so much for sharing. I just love tuning into your vision because you do have so much wisdom of seeing and, and walking with and living with different people yeah. all around the world. So thank mm -hmm. you for the work that you're doing, the leadership that you're um, stewarding and, and hosting within the work all of the work that you're doing and where you're being, where you're living. Um, yeah. I think it's just really inspiring. And I know that it's inspiring to me. I'm sure it's inspiring to our listeners and to also just open up to the idea of like what, you know, utilizing these life experiences, some that are maybe way different than a normal straight path, utilizing them 
as like anchor points as you continue to step into your soul calling and continue to follow the synchronicities and the magic and the miracles and kind Mm -hmm. of like in a good way, bringing, bringing your stories, bringing your lessons with you, not just dumping it and starting fresh, but really being like, this is where I've come from. And this is part of my story. This is what I've witnessed and experienced in this journey of life. And so I'm going to continue to share and, continue to grow upon that. Mm, I love that visual. It's almost like a backpack where like all the memories yeah. and all the lessons get to live and we get to yes. leave the stuff that doesn't serve us, right. but the memories <laughs> and wisdom and the lessons. Oh, I love that. Mm, so good. Well, thank you so much for being on Miracle Moment today. Um, is there one thing that you want to leave with the audience as we close up? I feel like we can really only see ourselves when we look back on the journey. When we look forward, I even like when we get so lost in vision, it's so hard to see ourselves clearly. But if we take the moment to just like look back and see how far we've actually come, then we can almost like build up that strength and resiliency within us. Whether that's the strength and resiliency of your own personal journey or of your lineage, your bloodline, your peoples that you come from, I, I trust and know that it's all leading someplace. And we can't really connect the dots moving forward, but we can when we look back. So agree with that. So yeah, I, I'm just thinking, okay, how can we look back more? Like look yeah. into your photos, like remember yeah. where you came from, have conversations, connect with your roots. There's mm-hmm. a lot that can be a lot of energy that can be sourced from those spaces. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. totally. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you for everyone that has tuned in and listened to this episode. And I hope you have a beautiful day. We'll see you soon. Bye. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for checking out this video. Subscribe and ring the bell if you haven't yet, so you can stay up to date for new episodes coming out soon. And remember to witness and acknowledge the miracles and magic in every moment. This is Ray Ireland, and I'll see you soon.